0: Good morning welcome from me thanks Sonica thank you for the um all the wonderful introduction um it's actually the only reason why I preach uh, it's just to get <laughs> just to get my ego boosted. No, I'm kidding that's um of course not not only why I do it um but it's definitely definitely doesn't hurt um, yeah just well well done for coming this morning um We are a slightly smaller crowd uh, but uh, well done for, for braving the weather. Uh, it's actually really nice for a change, just to have some cold cold days to, to snuggle. But this week I, um, I was flipping through the the Go newspaper thing, and of course there were, um, there were a lot of uh, adverts for Easter and, and all sorts of things. And um, one that just stood out to me was, uh, I think it was for Retail Park, they, uh, they said, Easter eggs and bunny ears giveaway. Um, so I just feel I need to apologize that I don't have Easter eggs and bunny ears for you. Uh, we're not really giving anything away this morning. Um, but I've got, I've got good news. We're giving that away. Um, and of course we, we're giving the opportunity to, to live an eternal life. So, but hey, you can always get your bunny ears at retail park afterwards. But it's, it also just struck me, you know, how, how sad it is, um, what this weekend has become for uh, for us, for our society, that it's uh, it's really been reduced to to Easter eggs and and bunny ears. But I've spent a bit of time um, in the last few weeks just just immersing myself into into the Easter story, um, and I, I hope you have too. Just just considered um, considered what what Jesus did for you. Um, but it's it, essentially it's it's the story of, of of Christianity. It's the story of Jesus. Um, and it's a, it's a historical event, um, uh, while well, on the Internet, it's a very terrible place. Never if you ever watch like a Christian video or read a Christian sermon or article or anything, just stay away from the comments. It seriously can be very, very depressing. Um, you just see how, how, how deceived people are, and um, you know, just anyway, but I, I won't go there. But um, as surely as as someone like Adolf Hitler walked the earth, so too Jesus Christ did. It's documented, he was a man, came to earth, he he lived here, he he was crucified, he died and he was buried. And three days later in the tomb where he was laid, his body was no longer there. His body has not been found. And and since then there were, um, in the 40 days before he ascended into heaven, there were Various sightings: people saw him, people spoke to him, people touched him. He ate fish and and honey with his disciples. He was truly a living man. This wasn't this wasn't a ghost that that people saw. So this is a factual factual event. But I'm, I'm, that's not at all what I'm going to speak about this morning. I'm not here to convince you that um, that, that Jesus was crucified or, or that he lived. That's that's really not my job. In fact. If you're doubting here this morning, um, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy you are most welcome, um, and you're in good company. Uh, One of the most famous people, Thomas, in the Bible, you might know him as Doubting Thomas. He gets a very bad rep. But what I love about Thomas is that what Jesus' reaction to Thomas was, he never condemned him. He never once condemned the fact that he doubted that Jesus was alive. He actually took him by the hand and he said, Feel. Place your fingers in, in the wounds and doubt no more and, and he believed. Even the disciples when when the when Mary and, and the other ladies came to to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive, they, they said, No, no, you know, that's a bit silly. I, I don't think that's right. And only later they believed. So if you're doubting this morning, you're you're welcome. Doubters are welcome at the empty tomb of Jesus. I would much rather that you be here doubting than be here believing but not showing it and I think that is the challenge and that 's what I want to speak about this morning are we are we actually are we looking like people who believe you know there's people there 's people over, um, over the last few weeks that i 've read who who try to disprove the um, the Crucifixion, one of them, a, a journalist named um, Albert Ross, Ross, excuse me, a British journalist and lawyer, he set out to, to write a book that would debunk the, uh, the resurrection. And instead, along the way, all the evidence that he found, he ended up writing a book called Who Moved the Stone, which defends the very thing that he set out to, to rubbish. so I want to challenge us this morning imagine that when Sonica got up here to to introduce me she said um, amongst all those wonderful things she also said that I was born on this day in 1940 now you do a bit of maths hopefully you've already done it Um, that equals 75 I would be 75 years of age that's not right I know I, you know this might make you think I look like Abraham from the BC days, but I'm definitely not seventy five. But how do you how do you know that? How do you know I'm not seventy five? Anybody, I'm looking for an answer. Very simple. Shout. What's that, Robin? Check my ID book. Okay. Not the answer I'm going for, but why? Wow. Why am I not 75? Because? Thank you. I do not look 75. Okay? And we have a frame of reference for what 75-year-olds look like. And hopefully I don't look like one. What I'm trying to say is that what do you look like? What do you think you look like to other people? If we have a frame of reference for, for what someone who, who has accepted the good news of Jesus and is and is living a resurrected life, what should that person look like? Do you can you think of someone? Can you think of someone now who, who you think is, is living a, a godly life? Do you count yourselves among them? Are your actions the way you the way you carry yourself, does it, does it speak? Does it speak of the resurrection? So my challenge this morning is he is alive, but are you, are you, are you showing that he is alive in you? And I think many of us would say, well, yeah, I think I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I've um, accepted the, the crucifixion. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me for my sins and I'm free from that. And I, and I know that, that he was resurrected and, and and for me that means eternal life. One day I will I will live with God eternally in paradise. But I think some of us, even having grasped both of those things, are happy to live a life of mediocrity in the meantime. I'll just live ach, a life, you know. I'm, I'm saved, I'm good, one day I'm going to heaven. In the meantime I'll just Stick it out i 'll wait around, wait till I die, or wait till Jesus comes again. Let me illustrate this another way because i don 't know i just don 't see the point in that. suppose you you and your family now are leaving the service this morning you 're pulling out of the um, the parking lot, and you 've had a good time this morning, so you 're just chatting to the family and you 're a little bit distracted. And you don't realize that there's a, a massive truck coming down the hill carrying 10 tons of stone. And it's hurtling at you at an incredible pace. It's lost its brakes. And you don't realize it. You're distracted. But at the same time, suppose that I am walking out in the parking lot too. And I notice this. And I see what's going to happen, and I see that this, this truck is coming, in, and, and you're going to be as good as dead in, in, in no time. So in my fastest slow-motion run, I make my way towards you. My shirt probably rips because of like, bulging pecs and there's chest hair. It's a, it's a hell of a manly scene, really. And I'm running towards you, and I, I smash the window, and I, I pull you and your family out at the, at, the, at the very like last minute, and a truck comes crashing through, and and just rips your car in half. How would you react to that? You'd be shaken, of course, but... I would be like... Oh my word, what has just happened? I'm, I'm, I've been given a new lease of life. I've got a new life to live. What will I do? What will I do first? What will I do next? I'm going to go and climb every mountain in the world. I'm going to jump on the 10, top ten fastest roller coasters. I'm going to spend more time with my family... I'm going to spend hours on the, on the floor with my children. Think of all the things you would do if your life was made new. That rhymed beautifully. But what do we do? We go home and we sit in the cupboard and eat stale mori biscuits. That's, just, that's essentially what, what we do. Jesus came so that we may have Life and an abundance of life. And we're going to just, um, we're going to look at our, our first scripture. And this is, the, this is the key scripture this morning. And it's, it comes from Romans 6 verse 4. It tells us, therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I just want to point three things out to you that all come there from the the last line it says that we should also walk in newness of life Now, walking is 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 not you can't remain idle and and walk to walk is is to be active it's not a, it's not a passive thing right now all of you where you are you're very quiet so we need to We're going to walk. As you are, bums in your chair, I want you to walk. Start walking. Come on. Come on. Clint, please start walking. No, Sonica, please sit down. (laughs) Remain seated and walk. Come on. Chris, come on, walk for me. There we go. Okay, I don't know what he's doing. He's definitely not walking. Making a bit of a fool of himself. But what I'm trying to say is that if you remain seated, if you remain idle... You cannot walk. To walk is to be active, to move forward in something. The second thing is that, and this, and this is what confirms to me what, I, what I'm saying this morning, is that I imagine it is near impossible to walk when you are dead. I can't say for sure because I haven't been dead, but I imagine once your body ceases to function, you cannot walk. I don't know about you, but I haven't been to a funeral where the deceased comes walking down the aisle and hops into the casket. I think the, the whole congregation would need some revival after that. But it doesn't happen. Once you, once you are lifeless, you are unable to walk. And the third thing, sorry, what, what that says to me though, is that it's for now. We are also to walk in newness of life. If we cannot, it's not about it's not about life after death. It's about life right now. We are to walk. We are to actively walk and walk now in this body into newness of life. And the last thing about that is that we receive newness of life, not secondhandness of life. When you go to when you go to a shop to to go buy your underwear, you don't buy a pair of secondhand underpants. Eh? Oh, feels good. Well, it's nice and warm still. No. N- nobody likes that. We want new underwear. We don't just get reanimated. Our old self doesn't get just get reanimated. We get a new life. We get a, we get a new body, a, a new spirit, when we walk in this newness of life. Okay, so how do we go about living this resurrected life that I speak of. And what does it even look like? I think to answer that, we need to understand exactly what happened on the cross for us. Technically, I'm going to get technical for a few minutes, so just just focus a bit. Um, But it's important that that we really understand what happened for us both legally and vitally. Okay, so when Jesus came to earth, he was both fully God and fully man. So he took on a full human nature. Now, us as human beings, we are, we are three-part beings, three-part beings. Um, we are spirit, soul, and body. And when Jesus came and when he, when he was crucified, all three of those things died with him, and they die with us. So at the crucifixion, from the standpoint of God, how he sees it is that we were legally executed to our sins. For our sins, we were, we were put there on the cross and we were executed. And at the resurrection, we were legally given new life. And we were freed from sin and all its consequences, from the law of sin and consequences. So both death and life come through the cross. Now, when we make, when, when, when we make the decision to believe in Jesus and what he did in the cross, these things go into effect in our life. And they're going to affect in a vital way. But the vital results affect each of those three parts differently. So with the Spirit, when God comes into us, into our old spiritual nature, He drives that out and brings in a a new spiritual nature, a new person. But how it affects our, um, our soul and our body is slightly different. Because our bodies are still alive in human nature, and that is corrupt. Is everyone still with me? I know this is a little bit in depth. So our soul and body are still alive with with human nature, which is corrupt, and we are still subject to selfish and sinful desires. And our bodies are subject to sickness and disease. The fact that your soul was crucified with Christ means that the power of your natural human life ...to dominate you was broken. And the power of sickness and disease... ...was also broken for your body. Those things no longer have dominion... ...over our souls and over our bodies. So you might ask then... ...why do we still get tempted? Why do we still get sick and injured? It's because our bodies are still mortal. We're still here on earth... ...and we're subject to sickness and disease. Even though you're born again you still have tuggings of your flesh because you're still animated by the natural life. So the key for us is to, by faith, make these things come into our physical possession. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ... And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So simply put, we need to believe these things before we see them or feel them. And that's a challenge for us. It's a real challenge for us to, to still be tempted by stuff and, and try, get it get it into our heads that we no longer we are no longer under the rule of sin, and we no longer under the, our bodies are no longer under the rule of, of sickness and disease. Isaiah fifty three five says, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So there it is in the scripture. By his wounds, we are healed. Jesus not only went to the cross for our sins, he went to the cross for for our infirmities as well. When Jesus was raised to new life, he was freed from your diseases. And so were you, legally. And through your new birth, through your new spirit, you have healing and you have health in you. So, from God's point of view, you are healthy and healed. So, by faith, then, what what we have in the spiritual, in our spiritual reality, we need to believe for it to become visible in our physical reality, and that's that's the crux. That's where the challenge comes. And we do this by knowing what happened at the cross. This is why I'm. I'm Getting technical, it's not really my thing, but um, it's important that we know exactly what, what has happened at the cross, what has happened to us, what, what God has brought for us. There's a, there's a spiritual realm out there where, where there is law and order, and this is exactly what, what, what Jesus did on the cross. He freed us from, from those things which, which had dominion over us before, when, we were, when we were still dead to Christ. So when we when we know this when we know what happened to the cross we need to just agree with God. We should be praying, "Thank you Lord that you that you bore my sickness, Lord. You took it on the cross. You took my sins on the cross and now I'm free. I am healed, I'm free." But we don't often do that, do we? We instead go, "Lord, you know, I'm I just i have got this I've got this pain and I in my back here, and oh, Lord, can you just can you take it from me, please? You know, I'll, I'll do anything. Can you just take it from me? But that's not that's not a faithful prayer. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't he didn't hang there and say, "Okay, it'll be it'll be finished. It'll finish just now, um, so that you can you can ask me for things and then I'll, I'll think about them and and then I'll do them for you." When he hung there, he said, it is finished. It is done. Everything has been done for us already. And the battle is in our minds just to realize that. And we can do that by knowing this. We can know what Jesus did for us. And then when we declare that, the Holy Spirit brings the reality of what we know in the Spirit into our physical bodies. Romans 8, verse 11 says, But if the Spirit... Of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Uh, we actually have a, a wonderful um, testimony of, of someone here in this church, um, Abram Kudseer. Uh, a few of you will, will know him and I'm sure you've, you've watched the video. Um, unfortunately, uh, the video was not on the, on the system here, so... I'd like to just just tell you about his testimony. He was he suffered from intense back pain for I think it was a period of of about seven years or so. Um, all the while being being a Christian and, and believing in healing, and he he went to various pastors for 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 prayer. And um, even when he when he joined Shofar, um, Jimmy, Elder Jimmy, and, and Andre went to to pray with him. Um, I mean he was he was in his in his video he speaks about himself being he used to lie on a bed and do his work he was busy busy studying and he actually had to stop his studies. He was in so much pain that he he just couldn 't move some days. He lay in his bed and he had um, like one of those hospital tables especially especially uh, made for him and so that he could still carry on with his work and one thing changed in him he was given a book um, by by F. F. Bosworth called Christ the Healer. And in there he just he realised this truth. He realised what Christ had done for him and that he was already healed in Jesus' name by what he did. And all he did, after all the prayer he had received, all he did was simply lie in bed and say, Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that I am healed. Instantly he was healed. After seven years, because he received a revelation of of what Jesus did for him. And I think that's what, you know, we need to get that revelation. I'm probably not really presenting anything new to you this morning. Perhaps you you know this. Perhaps I'm teaching you something. But it's the revelation of this thing that will change your life. It's a revelation of of the good news that will change your life. The Bible is filled with wonderful wonderful things, but it's just another book on your bookshelf if it doesn't come with a revelation of God. You see, when we pray, it's not about getting God to do something. It's simply about agreeing with what he has already done. And in that is the victory. In that is living the resurrection life. The same goes for our sinful desires, as does for our for, um, for our sicknesses when we feel sin coming out of us out of our human nature, we must agree with the fact that it 's been crucified on the cross on, sorry on the cross with Christ. We should pray, thank you, Lord, that this desire was crucified with you, and it no longer has the right or power to dominate over me. see when we get When we get born again, it's not that we're made incapable of sinning, but rather that we're made not capable of sinning. Did that make sense? Did that come out right? No, it didn't. It is not that we are made incapable of sinning. Let's try again. But that we are made capable of not sinning. Okay, that made more sense. Romans 8 verse 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So by declaring this, by by realizing that that this sin is has already been dealt with, it's already been it's been paid for, then the Holy Spirit can come and he can he can chase that away. He can put to death and and make to die that that evil desire. So to live a resurrected life, we need to understand. The double-sided message of Easter. Everything died with Christ on the cross. All our sins, all our iniquities, all our infirmities. And in new life, in the resurrection, we receive everything. We receive all the power of God again. And we receive this newness of, newness of life. So what does a resurrected life actually look like? Well, simply put, it's a life of power. I'm not talking about Jacob Zuma kind of power. I'm talking about spiritual power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that now lives in each of us. So to live a resurrected life means to have an awareness of the power that was broken at the cross. The power of sin and sickness and death. And to have an awareness of the power that was given to us in the resurrection. Power to recreate us. To empower us and to work in us. And I think this quote by some random 1800s dude, I don't really know him, but it's a good quote. So it says, God wants us to be victors, not victims. To grow, not to grovel. To soar, not to sink. And to overcome, not to be overwhelmed. What's your reaction when when it's when temptation comes, when sin comes, when sickness comes into your body. Do you pray those, those faithless prayers? Lord, just take this from me. Take this sin from me, Lord. I will serve you. I will do anything you want. Just, just take it from me now, Lord. That's all I ask of you right now. That sounds a lot like groveling, doesn't it? Not growing. It sounds like a victim mentality. Instead of a victor, God has called us to be victorious, to grow, to soar, and to overcome, not to be overwhelmed. I think we as Christians waste a lot of time and energy asking for stuff that has already been done. We ask all the time, Oh Lord, won't you give me this and help me through this and and do that? But it's been done, it's been done for us already. So I'm, I'm really hoping this morning that you, that you just understand this, this shift in your mind. It's a shift in your heart as well. Just to understand that, and this, that it has all been done. And if we have accepted, accepted Jesus, then we can live in that. We can live out of that place. You see, the crucifixion and the resurrection, they were never meant to stand alone. If it was only about the cross, every Sunday we would get together and we would have a funeral and this would be a eulogy but it's about it's about the the resurrection too it's a celebration today is truly a celebration it's a joyous event a resurrected life is one of joy if you if you're struggling' if you're, if you're not a joyful person, I believe you have no hope, and if you have no hope then that's because you don't believe in a resurrection. So that's, that's quite harsh, and, and you, you might think that you, you understand the, the crucifixion and, and the resurrection and, and the story of it, but if you have no hope in your life, if you have no joy, I think you need to reconsider what you believe. I think so many of us, we, we, we dwell in the cross, and we, and we wallow in our sin. Instead of moving into into a resurrected life a life of life. And yes, Jesus calls us back to the cross and, and we make mistakes and, and we must we must humble ourselves before the cross and and, and be ever ever reminded of, of what He did for us. But we need to move forward. Don't stay there, don't hang yourself back on the cross every time. We need to move through. Jesus, when he when he came off the cross, he was he was laid in the tomb, and he rose. He woke up. He took off his took off his um, burial linen things, shook off the spices, laid it next to him, and he walked out of the tomb. But he didn't like just sneak the stone, squeeze through, and carry on. That stone was rolled away and it was left open for us. So that every person who believes in Jesus, who believes in the message of the cross, who dies on the cross with God, can too have eternal life. We can walk through into a resurrected life. The tomb cannot hold us. Death cannot hold us. Sin cannot hold us. The stone has been rolled away and it remains rolled away. You see, the cross cross is pivotal. But it's the resurrection that is powerful. The cross is the turning point. That's where we change. That's when life changes for us. But don't stop there. Don't hide in the tomb. There's, no, there's nobody there. Jesus is not in the tomb. Now, when, the, when the ladies came in, in the morning to, um, to anoint the body with oil, they came looking for Jesus and, and, he, and he wasn't there. But an angel said to them, Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? That's a seriously profound statement. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? And I think so many of us are looking in dead places for life. We're looking in all the wrong places for Jesus. So how do you live this resurrected life? How do we do it? I'm, I'm ending off with this. We need to know what the cross has provided. That's why we take time to study. That's why we read the Word. But like I said earlier, just reading is, is not enough. We need, we need revelation. We need to ask God for an understanding of what happened to us. What happens to us because of the cross. And then we need to focus on, on the unseen realities by looking at God's Word. So we need to keep our mind focused on God's Word so that we won't, won't be moved when what we see and feel contradicts that again it's a battle for our minds and lastly we need to we need to hold fast to what God is saying about us through the crucifixion despite what we see or feel happening around us Jesus has broken the power of death over all of us in all forms when we become so persuaded of that that we're no longer moved by anything we see or feel that's when the crucifixion power will become real to us. I've just got a video clip that I that I'd like to play. That um, I think it's very powerful. It um, it goes through quite quickly, so um, just just try to to focus. But um, yeah, have a watch.
1: a Roman cross yet yeah, Jesus died on that see I don't care what you believe just read history, it's a historical fact so the question we have to ask is what will you do with this man of misery six hours on a piece of wood it somehow completely changed history but see we've pimped Jesus out we've made a sacrifice foolery like oh I'll just go to church on Easter and make the cross nice jewelry but see the cross wasn't a symbol of faith It was a symbol of death. I mean, imagine if someone had an electric chair hanging around their neck. So the question we have to ask is what was different about the man that day that could take something that kills and turn it into something that saves. See, he was unique because he was innocent. God actually became a man. Now that's different. And on the cross, he said, I'm not dying because of me. I'm dying because of you. Not just for the sins you have done, but for the ones you will do. And on the cross, God treated Jesus like he was us. Poured out his wrath on the Son so that he might show that he's just. See, and he took our filth and he took our sin and the beauties. When you trust in Jesus, you're included in him. But first, walk with me what it must have been like that night. When the Son of God looked like he lost the fight. No heartbeat, no breathing, no sign of life. Jesus tasted death. And it didn't feel right. Have you ever let that sink in, that Jesus died? No, really, Jesus actually died. Three days in the tomb, lifeless, laid his remains. Like the king had given up his crown, like he'd given up his reigns. But all of a sudden, comes Sunday, something started to change. From the grave, you heard a thump, and blood started pumping in his veins. Heartbeat and blood pulsing, instantly Satan felt his power break because the Son of God was dead. Now the Son of God is awake. And every breath that he took was another punch to Satan's face showing we are not under our sin, but we are under grace. So rejoice with me because when he went to the grave, you did too. And when he rose from the grave, your life became new. He says, my job is finished. Let your new life begin. You can actually have freedom. Stop wallowing in your sin. See, the chains have been broken. The stone's been rolled away. God doesn't love a future you. He actually loves you today. So you're clean. You're spotless. The curse has been squashed. That's all baptism is, is just showing you've been washed. So rejoice with me because we are not awaiting the verdict. He's already said not guilty, and the resurrection proves he assured it. Because our whole life we feasted on sin and we couldn't pay the tab. Jesus walks over to our bill and says, I'll take care of that. So stop trying to pay your own debt. In fact, God doesn't even expect it. Because the cross shows payment given. Resurrection shows payment accepted. And instantly we were perfectly spotless when we were spiritual whores. Because when he walked out of the grave, he left our sin on the floor. And he turned around and looked at where his body lay and says, huh, Sin? See, that's where you're going to stay. So church, walk in freedom because you are free. The resurrection is just a stamp saying it's a guarantee. A royal decree proclaiming we're children of the King. So even when your mouth can't, let your life always sing. I just want to pray
0: for us. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you today, Lord, that we can celebrate what you've done. I thank you that we, we are not at a funeral, Lord. This is a joyous celebration, Father. Life is a joyous celebration, Lord. And I just pray an extra measure of joy on everyone who's here this morning, Lord. That they might begin to live a resurrected life, to live a life of joy. Father, I pray that you would reveal to each of us what you did for us, Lord. Give us revelation knowledge of what you did, Lord, not just head knowledge, Father. Take it down from our heads into our hearts, Lord, and let us live it, Father. Let us live the resurrection now, Lord. And Father, I just pray that, that by your Spirit, you will help us in this, Lord. We are still subject to, to these things of the flesh, Lord. Our sinful natures and, and things like that, Lord. But, Father, you have paid the price, Lord. Just help us to realize it. Help us to realize that, Father. I pray that you will reveal that to us this morning, Lord. That we will not walk away from another another Easter just normal.
1: Going back to, to a normal life. But we will
0: live resurrected.